This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Ness. Welcome. What up? We are going to go ahead and ground ourselves in our greatness. Duh, we do it every day. Welcome to the show. Uh, so my great thing from yesterday, gosh, yesterday and really every day in the reality of right now seems so many moons away. Um, <clears throat> it's just crazy. Yesterday, my great thing. Huh. I think my great thing has really just been trying to be a source of reality. So my six-year-old who knew what the coronavirus was, even though we hadn't really discussed it in our family, which means the daycare that she's going to, ha they've been discussing it or her school or wherever. Um, and so yesterday morning, I went into my daughter's room and I said, do you have any questions about the coronavirus? Do you want to know anything what are you feeling? And she just looked at me and started tearing up. And she said, Mommy, I just feel really scared that I'm going to get it. Which, yeah, I mean, you're talking about a sickness that's closing places down. And as a six-year-old, this is all just happening around you, right? No one's really talking to you about it. So I wanted to give her space to express her fears in this current state that we're in. I wanted to give her time um, to be able to reflect and discuss what's going on and not just let it, not just let her create her own fears um, out of the side conversations that she's hearing, right? So we have a real discussion about coronavirus and what it is. And this is kind of how it went. Um, Hey, Emery, do you have any questions about the coronavirus or about what's going on? She responds, no. And I said, okay, I want to be here in case you do. Is there anything that you want to know? And that's when the tears came. I just feel like I'm going to get it. I feel like I'm going to get sick. Um, so then obviously I'm like, just come here. And I cradle her and I say, you, there is a chance that all of us could get sick from this, not to scare you, um, right? We could get ill and we will treat it like any sickness that we've had before and we will be okay. Okay. Okay, mom. I mean, I can't promise her at this point that she isn't going to get it. The only thing that I can relate it to is the last time that she was sick, we had to stay home and we ate and we drank and we watched her and we talked to our doctors and that's what we would do here, right? Just like when she was sick over Christmas break, we stayed home and we went to the doctor when we needed to. And so that's what I can promise her right now. If we get sick... We will talk with your doctors. We will make sure that we take care of you. Okay? 
Then the second thing is Emery, right now, we have to stay in control of what we can stay in control of. And so we can't control if someone we know has it. We can control if we're around that person. We can control if we go out, right? We can, we can lessen the amount of touches we have outside of our home. We can make sure that we're washing our clothes and our house and, and keeping germs cleaned up, okay? So Emery, the things, and mom's going to do that. Okay, the things that you can control are if you're drinking enough water, okay? Let's make sure that you have a water bottle. Make sure that you're drinking water. Stay hydrated. The second thing is that you're eating good food for your body, so we're getting the right nutrients in there. And the third thing is that you're making sure that you wash your hands, right? And... I feel like she felt better, not because I told her she wasn't going to get sick and we would protect you from it, because I told her what she could do. And it gave her back power over the situation, because that's where our anxiety grows, right? It's in losing control. It's in losing power over your ability to show up for the situation and control it, right? And so in telling her what she could do, it gave her space and ability to feel in control of that, to feel in power of those things. And so my great thing from yesterday really was taking time to have conversations with my children about it. Um, because our reactions right now will build their future reactions to these situations. And if we're um, losing it or we're keeping everything hidden from them out of fear, um, that might be how they handle situations with their kids. And so... I want to create an environment where we're openly discussing what's going on and they know. Now, no, I would not take them to a grocery store because that is that is truly an environment of fear. Do not go there, okay? So that's my great thing. If you want to submit your own great thing for a chance to be featured right here on the Death of a Dream podcast, you can do so over at nusinc.com. One scroll down, you should see the form where it says submit your great thing um, because we go ahead and give you a digital chest bump. And I can't quite explain that if you haven't listened to past episodes, um, but you want it. Trust me. So head over there, submit your great thing, anything that you feel great about, um, especially if it's getting out of bed or... Um, Waking up, especially right now, I feel for everyone who's struggling. So head over there, submit your great thing. We're going to read it here. We're going to celebrate with you. Our entire community will be surrounding you with digital chest bumps. I know it seems weird, but just hang in there. We're doing it, okay? So let's dive in. Um, 
I've been really, really thinking about reactions in this moment and how to overcome this. And I don't think there's a great way to kind of fight back and rah-rah coronavirus, right? I think the best thing that we can do is stay in tune and not in tune that we're checking Facebook or other news sources every 10 minutes. I mean, in tune that we keep an eye on CDC and community health departments um, enough so that we're aware of what we should be doing. Um, And those are the sources of truth. Those are the real-time keepers of what's going on and what should be done. Um, And so those should be the resources. And this is the other thing. And I hinted on this yesterday, but I think don't sideline your own reactions to this situation. And don't persecute people for having reactions, right? You don't know. You don't know what's going on. You don't know why this gives someone anxiety. It may have nothing to do with the virus. It may have everything to do with the fact that being locked in their home, possibly with an abuser, possibly with um, low food resources, you, you don't know why this is giving them anxiety and you don't know what that um, kind of crutch is, right? What is going to help them feel in control in this instance, right? And for some people, it's buying all the toilet paper. Maybe that's the only thing that they have control over is their ability to stockpile because their house is going to be out of control for a while, right? Or maybe it's just the fact that they don't know where that the rent's going to come next month at this. No one's really providing safety and comfort from those measures, right? We don't know. We don't know. It's hard to sit up and judge someone for their actions in these moments when we don't know. You don't know the backstory. You don't know what's going on, right? And yes, there are definitely those people who are sitting at home and just reading too much and it's creating anxiety, but that anxiety comes from somewhere and it is justified, right? We don't know if they grew up in a home where sources and means were depleted all of the time and they never want their kids to have that, right? And so this sparks this reaction, right? Where they never want to put their kids through that or themselves through that again. Whatever that is, we don't really know what that underlying fear is, but there is truth there. And I think we need to give people space and grant people grace. These are uncharted waters, right? There's no book written on this. There's nothing that's sitting out there that's saying, this is how we all should be reacting. And this is exactly what's going to happen, right? We can't even really write a good algorithm based on what's happened in other countries, 
Because what's happening now is so real-time. Health structures are different in every country, so you can't just pull over what they did and adopt it, right? Pay structures and infrastructures are so drastically different. So there isn't a book, right? There isn't an exact application method that will or won't work. And I think the bigger fear is if we adopt and try something that other countries have and it doesn't work because it is different here, that creates some mistrust as well. And so we're all doing the best that we can. And people's reactions to situations are valid, right? Don't sit there and laugh at people and call them crazy. They're valid. You don't know what's backing that fear up, right? You don't know what they're coming from. Grant grace and love and help where you can, right? And take care of what you can take care of. Yourself, your family, your friends, your communities, right? Be a helper in those moments, not a judger. Nobody likes Judgy Judy, okay? Sorry, Judy's. Sorry if you, your name is Judy. Doesn't mean that you do that. I'm sorry. Okay, Grant Grace, we don't know. First off, you don't know what's going on with other people. What's stemming this fear? What's stemming this reaction? You don't know. Second off, everything is developing every second. And so even the people who are supposed to know don't really know, right? And the why behind that is all the situations that I just explained to you. The way that other countries react doesn't mean that we can just carbon copy and do that here. Because there are definite differences. So that's enough on that topic. I don't have any real world updates. I will say that I saw an example of a leader yesterday who was definitely doing it right. And I have no idea what's going on. Um, but I saw this interaction take place and I was so inspired. Um, and I think that's where we need to go, right? There are some people who run into the fire. I explained that of myself um, yesterday. And it's a balance, right? I run into fires, no question. And my husband will sit back and analyze and why is that good? Why is it good to have both? Um, so we don't set ourselves on fire, right? He saves me from running into some fires not meant for my help, right? With his ability to analyze and take in situations, he saves us from things as well. And so that balance is really good. So yesterday, I saw a leader say to um, one of her employees hey, we need to be at entrances and I understand that you're not comfortable. And so will you take the less busy entrance 
and I will go over to the busier entrance because I see your discomfort in this situation and I want to be here for that. Is that okay? Or would you feel more comfortable just working at your desk? This is an actual conversation that I see happen right in front of me. And I think, I don't know what her fear is. All I know is that this leader is justifying it and trying to help them feel as comfortable as they possibly can. Because the reality of the situation is someone's got to be here, right? Someone's got to do this work. And I... And she is thankful for this person still showing up, even though they're uncomfortable. And her job as that leader really is to come to her aid and figure out what comfort looks like here, right? Given that she's expressed her discomfort, given that she wants her to keep coming back, needs her to keep coming back, right? to do this work, to help make all this happen. And I think that is such a great example of where we all need to be, right? As leaders, we're supposed to run into the fire. We're supposed to help get us there. That doesn't mean that everybody else has that same call or has to have that same call, right? If they don't, if there's something that's holding them back, they can still help make it happen. But judging them and not allowing them to show up with what they're comfortable with is what's going to hold us all back, right? We have to love and accept people for who they are and how they're willing to show up. Because if they're still there, that's a big deal, right? And we need to use make use of the people who are still willing to show up in these hard times and not judge the people who aren't, right? We don't know. So I think that was such a great example and I was so inspired by that. And I'm always inspired by leaders who recognize and acknowledge the fear and the pain that their people are going through and who help to get them to the best place possible um, with what's going on. And this situation is such a crazy, ever-changing situation. And so the more that leaders can step up and do that for people, the more that they can come on and talk to people and acknowledge that their fear and not even fear that their anxiety and their reactions to the situation is justified and figure out how to make them feel calm when everything is crazy. Those are the type of leaders that we should surround ourselves with that hopefully you have helping you to navigate this, right? It's crazy, crazy talk. Um, I think really today I just want you and all of us to focus on what we can control, right? And that's kind of how we started the week and that's where we were. And I hope that you have 
leaders who are helping you to stay in control, or I hope that you are a leader who is reaching out and acknowledging people where they are, right? There isn't like a blanket reaction. We shouldn't all run into the fire because guess what's going to happen? We're all going to get it and we're in trouble, right? We need, we need both sides. We need fire runners and we need people who will sit back and analyze what's going on and help save the fire runners from just running into all the fires possible. (laughs) Sorry. As a self-admitted fire runner, I am so thankful for people who help me to acknowledge and recognize the realities of a lot of situations. (laughs) My husband is one of them. Right now and yesterday, I called you to do something for yourself in this time if you have extra time. And that doesn't have to be learning a skill, right? I think I said read a book or learn something or do something. I want you to to take time with wherever you're at. Wherever you're at in your reaction space, wherever you're at with protecting your family, wherever you're at with maintaining a professional work life, wherever you're at, I want you to take a half hour for you, for the acknowledgement of your feelings, right? Give those space. Give them time. Right? And remember the sources. That doesn't mean sit on Facebook for a half an hour and read. I want you to read to comfort and then stop. Learn what you can to be educated about the topic and then stop. Right? And then Take time for yourself. Is that meditating? Is that doing yoga? Is that moving your body? Find a way to move your body. Those endorphins are going to release. And they will give you the ability to cope with some of the anxiety related to all of this. Right? And I get it. There's no gyms open. Hannah, blah, how do you want me to move my body? I don't even have a home gym. Hey, YouTube some yoga. YouTube some dance challenges. I don't know. Do some TikTok dance things. Like just move your body. Don't make it. I have to put on workout clothes and go crazy. Keep your pajamas on and do a dance party with your kids for an hour. Sorry, an hour dance party is super long. Don't do that. That would make dancing not fun. Do not do an hour, right? <laughs> don't, don't do an hour. Don't even say that I told you to do an hour dance party. That's crazy talk. Maybe a half hour, but get get your body, get your muscles moving. That endorphin, um, that endorphin expel will help you feel better. Right? And um, don't make it crazy. 
Okay, it doesn't have to be lifting weights. It doesn't have to be some crazy form of physical exercise. I want you to move. Whatever that looks like for you. Right? The beautiful thing is there are a ton of people offering free workouts. Um, so take advantage. Right? Maybe find something that you love and it doesn't have to be what you did in gym class. Like, well, we only have pickleball and um, floor hockey. I don't really know how to exercise. No, there are so many exercises out there. Keep going till you find the one that you enjoy. Yes, I said enjoy. Yes, if you felt like exercise was something that should feel painful, you're wrong. That you should dread, you're wrong. Keep going until you find something that inspires you to get up and move your body. I'm not telling you if you've been sitting on a couch for 12 years and you pick up and move tomorrow, yes, you will feel pain. You will feel your muscles coming back alive. That's good pain. Keep going, right? And show up. And I talk about this in past episodes. I talk about this a lot. Show up until you find what speaks to you. Moving your body is going to help you cope with all things, right? That endorphin release relieves anxiety. Moving your body is one of the top things that you can do for your mental health. And it won't be if you sign up for something that you dread and takes you lower in your mental health. Right? Just signing up because Susie down the street looks super good in yoga pants isn't really a good reason to exercise. A good reason to exercise is that you can't get out of your head. A good reason to exercise is that you feel so anxious all of the time that you can't see straight. A good reason to exercise is that your body is starting to feel like a jail cell. That it's not allowing you to do things that you want to do. That's a good reason to exercise. And no, we are constantly coached with this idea that we should want to look like the women on the magazine covers. And that's why we should exercise. And we should be inspired by these Beachbody fitness models who are posting all of the time. And that's why we should exercise. You need to find the reason for you. And I can almost guarantee you that if your reason is that you want to look better in the mirror, that's not going to be a good enough reason. It'll get you kind of far, but that's not a great why. Right? Show up for yourself. Show up for your mental health. Show up for the things that hold you back from living the life that you want. Right? Show up for that. Not for the superficial things. That's not going to wake you up every day. Wanting to look like a model on a magazine is not going to wake you up every day. Every morning to get that workout in. But not yelling at your kids as much because you're not as anxious. That might keep you going. 
feeling better mental clarity might keep you going. Right? Showing up as a realer you than a you that's controlled by your anxiety might keep you going. And those are the reasons to come back. And those things, those core results of that movement of your body is what's going to bridge these hard times, is what's going to get you through it. And I think we've allowed being active to live with what we saw as active in high school gym class. Right? We just think that it's the athletes and those are the only people who, who are active and they enjoy exercise. No. Keep going. Keep going till you find it. Is it dancing? It would not be dancing for me. I can tell you Zumba gives me, I've never done it because I know my limits and I know myself. Zumba gives me this, even just looking at the dance cover, the cover of like the DVD sparks this true fear of anxiety. And I have done pretty much every workout known to man. I was a college athlete. We did everything. I cannot do Zumba. Zumba will actually take me down a worse mental health path. I can't do it. I don't move rhythmically. I can barely stay on beat clapping good people, you must know this. And so Zumba is the furthest from anything that would comfort me and release endorphins in my body, right? But that's it. It may be your thing. Dancing with your kids may be your thing, right? And you're involving them in this movement and that's good for all of you, right? But don't assign it to the stupid penny-wearing gym activities. That's not the only way to be active. And you owe it to yourself to keep going until you find something you love doing. It can be walking. Right? Walk and listen to a podcast. You love listening to a podcast. Do something that you love. Do not sign up for anything that is going to make you miserable in the pursuit of mental clarity. Right? And now more than ever, we need something that is going to pay attention to and help with our mental health. As we're gearing up to sit with ourselves, with our families, not having outside elements or outlets as we're gearing up for that type of environment, we all need to make sure that we are taking care of our mental health, that leaders are watching out for our mental health and staying in control of the things that we can control, right? You can control whether or not you move your body while you're in your home. That is going to clear so much mental headspace for you. Right? We need to be thinking about that. I truly believe that physical activity is more for your mental health than your physical health. 
It absolutely is. Can you commit to what that looks like for you? Can you commit to trying out more things until you get something that speaks to your head and your heart that makes you feel good when you do it? Right? And you probably are signing up for a little bit of pain. But right now, more than ever, you have access to try it all out. It's beautiful. People are offering up all of these free resources. So try a workout. Try something that you haven't tried before. Try a Zumba class. Zumba is not going to be what speaks to my soul. um, But it might be for you. Keep going till you get it. There are so many options out there. And I need you to show up for you through these times of uncertainty. And moving your body is one of the ways that you can do that. I know that everything has gone crazy right now. And I want you to focus on the things that you can control. Like I told my daughter yesterday. Let's go ahead and focus our time, energy, and thoughts on the things that we can control. We can control if we're hydrating. We can control if we're putting good nutrients into our body. And I know with food resources being depleted or picked over, that's not always an option. But we can control that we're eating, that we're staying mindful of our bodies, and that we're moving, right? That we're taking these opportunities to move and it doesn't have to be going to a gym. You can move in your house. There are plenty of options. So, and wash your hands. You're in control of that fact, right? You're in control of that. Keep your hands washed, okay? And focus on the things that are in your control. So much is going to happen over the next couple of weeks. I can't even think about where this country is going to be led because of everything that's going on. And so in these times of uncertainty, I always feel it's best to control the things that are in your control to make sure that you're taking care of your mind, body, and soul in these times. Right? So that's all that we have for the Death of a Dream podcast. Thank you so much for being here. You can find me on all socials, um, hannah.nuss on Instagram, on Facebook. We actually have a community Facebook page. Just search The Death of a Dream. As always, you can head over to the website to check out all things The Death of a Dream. That's at nussinc.com. You can find blog posts. You can find, I don't know even what's over there anymore but you can find it. So head over there, check that out. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world.